And uh, Miss Couture will be singing here for us here in just a second. Um, but And then as soon as we get done praying and she gets done singing, we'll have you come up if that's okay with you. Um, whatever he says. He's, he, uh, but anyway. But Brother Jackson, Brother Jamie Jackson, was a teenager in pastor's youth department down in South Carolina. And so preacher tells many stories, um, good stories about that time. Uh, but So that's, that, that's where the connection started. And uh, God has used Brother Jamie Jackson. He's been in evangelism for, for many years. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the over 20? Seven. Seven years. Seven full-time years. And mixed for 20. So he's... Uh, um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, you're, we're learning this full time here. Sorry about that, but uh, but it's been uh, been preaching and evangelism and through churches for for a very long time, and uh, we're thankful for him and his, his ministry. He's been a faithful Christian, not only in in preaching. It's one thing to preach um, to people being a faithful Christian, but also to live that um, back with your life. It's it's a whole different story. But he's been doing that, and we're thankful for that. Um, he's solid on doctrine. Uh, what he preaches is what he believes, and what he believes he preaches, and that's just how it goes. And uh, especially when it comes to the King James Bible, it's faithful. Uh, many, many pe- preachers nowadays, many pastors, uh, start cutting back on that King James Bible. Uh, but praise the Lord for, for people like our pastor, Jamie Jackson, that are just faithful to the King James. Uh, he's preached all over in churches and camps, anywhere and everywhere. And uh, God's just used him in different places in that. God has used his personality. Um, to get the gospel out. Um, uh, he has a lot of connections with politicians and professional athletes and uh, many different people. Pastor said wealthy businessmen, so things like that. Um, but, uh, but God has used him. He's been faithful, and God has used him in that. Um, a wonderful soul winner. See many, many people saved. He recently just got married. And I uh, recently got married about a year, a little over a year ago now. And uh, again, she'll be with us here tonight. Uh, but he's a dear friend of Preacher. And uh, Preacher wanted me to let you know that, um, that Preacher counts him as a dear friend. And uh, it's, it's somebody that he has great respect for. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing him preach today. And uh, we'll go ahead and pray. We'll have Ms. Couture come up, and then we'll have him after that. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the life uh, that Brother Jackson has lived. And we're thankful, Lord, that he's not coming to us with all uh, cocky, all the answers, Lord, but he's coming to us with the Word of God. And he has a message for us this morning. Help us to have our ears tuned in to your Word. Uh, Lord, help the distractions and the cares of this life. Lord, help us to put those to the side and focus and be hungry uh, for your Word. And we ask that you bless these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is this on? Is this on? Okay. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change and you're down in the God on the mountain is still God in the valley when things go wrong he'll make them right and the God of
the God of the good times, He's still God in the bad times, the God of the day, is still God of the pleasure it is to be back here with God's people here in West Virginia. I tell you what, we're definitely excited. Um, My wife uh, sends her, I guess, apologies. We were so excited to be here with you and obviously um, with us traveling, uh, it can be very interesting at times. Sometimes we're in good cold weather, sometimes we're in hot weather, but when you are introduced to both of them within a 24-hour period, your body does a wonderful thing of uh, called congestion, and and then that leads to colds and other things. So definitely uh, pray for her. Um, we all respond to things a little bit different. But since the last time I've been here, I believe uh, we've traveled, uh, in fact, over the last year, a little bit over 90,000 miles that we've, that we've traveled. It's a wonderful thing being used of God. And by the way, we're no different than you. Um, obviously, you're no different than us. We're just servants who are just saying, Lord, if you use us, we will go. What exciting uh, morning that we have. Boy, I love what she said there, boy. He's God in the mountains, and he's also God in the valleys. Oftentimes, God, we often say that God doesn't change because he doesn't. But the problem is, is God's people change. Boy, this morning, I wish <clears throat> boy, I would give you something that would just be a, a sermon full of laughter, um, full of things to get you excited. But I have a boss just like you do. And my boss is my Heavenly Father. And he wants me to bring you a message that's not going to tickle your ears, but something that will help you today. It may not help you, may not be for such a time as this, but it may be for a time that's coming a week from now, maybe even two weeks from now. I am excited to be here. Maybe this afternoon I can tell you some really good stories about Pastor since he's not here. I, I, at one point in time, I recall I was going to call this my revenge tour. Like all those, <laughs> all those uh, times when I was a youth that, uh, um, that he tortured us and, 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 uh, and tried to help us. I was like, boy, this would be the wonderful opportunity to have a wonderful thing called pray back. See, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But I like to help him every now and then. No, no, no. No, no, no. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me to Luke chapter 22. By the way, it's good to see several of you in your place faithful like you were the last time I was here. Oftentimes when you travel to churches, one of the things that you worry about is you don't see somebody where they were before. And then you go and you ask somebody about them, and as soon as you do, their head drops. You want to be a blessing. You don't want to remind somebody of somebody who has fallen. But what a great thing it is that you guys are right where you're supposed to be, serving God, faithful. We find Luke chapter 22, our God, our Savior. He is about to be betrayed with a kiss. He is about to not only be betrayed, but he's about to be falsely accused. He's about to be taken to a cross. He's about to be persecuted. He's about to be tried. He's about to have his beard ripped out. Ladies, I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I went to public school, boy, you see those ladies, boy, they're getting into a brawl and a fight. And the first thing that they would reach for is a handful of hair. Guys, if we have somebody just grab a hand, a finger full of hair on our legs, boy, we're screaming. But he did that for you and for me. Can you imagine being sped upon? I don't know about you, but somebody sped upon me. There could be some furniture moving in the place. There's no greater insult, but yet he did nothing. The cat of nine tails, normally when a person was inflicted with this, that alone was
was enough to kill him. I don't know what the signal was for him and the angels that were there. They know him in all of his greatness. They know who he is. And could you only imagine they're sitting there and he's on the cross. He's being persecuted. They know that he's not guilty. And they're just waiting for the sign from him to come to wipe everybody out. I don't know if it would be a wink, a nod, double wink. I don't know what it would be. But thank the Lord it didn't come. And now we find our Lord right before all of this is done. Right before he said, Father... Right before he notices that his heavenly father has turned his back on him. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, it's hard for me bearing my own burdens. Some of my doing, some of the doing of others. But can you imagine him having all of our burdens put upon him at one time? The heaviness of that. But you can also imagine... Him knowing that this is about to come. And we find him in verse 40 of chapter 22. And it says, when, when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray ye that ye enter not into temptation. Notice there, God's people, before there was temptation, he prayed. Oftentimes our prayer life is pretty good once temptation has arrived. Once the problem is already there, then all of a sudden, boy, we have that prayer of getting a hold of God and trying to tell everybody that we can or ask them to pray with us about a problem. We continue reading. It says, and when he was, <clears throat> when he was withdrawn from them, about a stone cast away, he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou, wilt, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy be done. Well, wouldn't a marvelous thing it would be with us? It would say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Oftentimes with our prayer life, one could say we are a little bit selfish. Lord God, we bring these things upon you because we want them to be answered. Instead of, Lord God, not my will, but thy will be done. That will change our whole mindset in this matter of prayer. Lord God, I would like a Lamborghini. <laughs> Lord God, I would like it to be red. I would like it to be all these different things. I even stepped out by faith one time. Went to a Lamborghini place. I was preaching in this church in Longwood, <clears throat> Florida. Boy, when I was there, they had a Lamborghini place that was right around the corner. I said, hey, my heavenly father, boy, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Not only does he own the cattle on a thousand hills, he's going to prepare a place for me called a mansion. In that mansion, there's got to be garages somewhere. I was like, I'm going to choose a Lamborghini. Well, I went there. I pulled up my little Honda CRV, and I parked it right there. And I got out. And boy, the guy said, hey, can I help you? I said, yes, I've come to pick out a Lamborghini. He said, really? I was like, oh, yeah, my father has all the money in the world. <laughs> I was like, he just hasn't given it to me. Yet. I was like, but he, he owns it. Boy, and I went there. And boy, people laughed the same way that you laughed. And boy, I prayed and prayed, not with an earnest thing of, of, of prayer, but I was just like, Lord, it sure would be nice to have my favorite car. <laughs> then all of a sudden, boy, I was preaching in Montana. When I was preaching in Montana, I just finished. And boy, the pastor said, hey, 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 don't go anywhere. The, the teenagers in the church, well, we collected something, we want to give it to you. I said, man, ah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, he said, close your eyes, hold out your hands. I was like, okay, so obviously I can hold it. So <clears throat> I closed my eyes and I felt something hit my hand. And when I did, I started laughing. Because it was a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I know to pray for a full-size Lamborghini <laughs> when 
come. But when I was there, I quickly realized from talking to the guy about the maintenance on a Lamborghini. He's had a Lamborghini, the oil change was $5,000. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so maybe this isn't the right car for me. <laughs> like, maybe this isn't what it's supposed to be. He wouldn't even tell me if the car got scratched, how much the paint job would be for it. Maybe my God was saying, not thy will, but my will, because I know what you got in account. <laughs> and I know this would be more of a burden than a help to you. Silly example, but we continue reading in verse 43. It says, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. It's amazing. He prayed, and immediately an answer was sent. I wonder how many of our prayer lives God has sent an answer, but when we prayed, we didn't pray, Thy will. But we prayed my will. And then all of a sudden, we didn't get the results that we wanted. We stopped. When God had the answer of prayer already being sent, and it literally was right around the corner, but we stopped praying. Remember when you used to pray for other people's salvation? Remember when you used to walk around searching for someone who hasn't heard the greatest news that they could ever hear? That not only did Jesus live and die, but he did it for them. Thank you, sir. I don't know about you, but that was the greatest news that I've ever heard in my entire life. Remember when you used to have a burden for the lost and used to pray for other people? But now it seems like God didn't answer your prayers in the way that you thought that they should be answered. And now you've moved on to other things besides staying with the stuff. We continue reading in verse 44. And being in agony, by the way, that word, that's the only time in the New Testament that word is used. Being in pain, being in discomfort. He prayed more earnestly and his sweats was, <clears throat> was as it was great drops of blood flowing down to the ground. If you read verse 44 again, it says, In being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. That means to fight, to agonize, to keep pushing towards the mark. This was before he went to Calvary. I'm glad that we have a Savior that just doesn't tell us just to do something. He actually walked the walk. And he taught the talk. And he's just asking us to follow his footsteps on our way to being with him in glory. Today, if I could talk to you, if I could echo what the Savior has given me, it would be this. Sometimes in life, it doesn't go the way that we want it to go. Sometimes life would give us a bag of goods that we deserve, and sometimes it would give us stuff that we don't deserve. But in all of it, if I could look at your heart today, if I could ask you the question, how is your prayer life, what would you be able to say? When's the last time you got an answer to prayer that nobody else was praying about? Just you. Let me challenge you here. There is nothing like knowing that God hears you. And that God answers your prayer request. It's a great thing when you share it with somebody else and you both can rejoice. But you also can question in your mind, was it their prayer life or was it my prayer life? We got the answer. We all say that we believe in prayer. That's why the church probably has a prayer list. And boy, we pray for the sick and downhearted and downtrodden. But let me ask you this. How is your prayer life? Recently, I had an opportunity <clears throat> to be with a pastor. When I was there with this pastor, 
he began to tell me a story. It was a true story, and it hit at home with him. He said he was about to preach. And as he was about to preach, he did what any parent would do. He called his son over. He had just he realized that he had forgot something in the car. And it was that time. So he quickly grabbed his son. And he said, son, I need you to listen to me. I don't need you to go to the right. I don't need you to go to the left. I need you to run to the car, grab this, and come right back. Do you understand what I'm saying? Son said, yes, sir. He said, the son ran outside. It was raining. Then the son ran outside. Several minutes had passed. He did what any parent would do in here. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. When he comes back in here, I told him to be fast. Several minutes have now passed. The song leader is now singing. Some of the men in the church notice that the pastor is not normally where he should be. Or where he is, he's in the back. <clears throat> they went up to him. They said, Pastor, is everything okay? He said, no. I asked my son to go outside to grab something, and it's been several minutes. And I haven't heard from him. And they said, Pastor, don't worry. We'll go in your stead. Well, they grabbed several of them, grabbed umbrellas, and they went outside. And when they went outside, the pastor said several more minutes have now passed. He went from being angry to thinking, oh my, I wonder what's going on. He said quickly, he grabbed an umbrella. Boy, he popped it open. And he went outside, and it was coming down. He said as he was making his way outside, <coughs> there was a, another couple that were making their way in, and he asked them, hey, did you see a young man running around outside? They said, no, sir, Pastor, we haven't seen anybody. What had happened was his son was running to the car, and he was running to the car, <clears throat> and it was coming down, and it was a muddy parking lot, and when he ran, he slipped, and he hit the ground, and when he hit the ground, the car was coming right around the corner at the same time and ran him over, totally crushing his lungs, breaking his ribs, causing his ribs to go into his lungs, his heart, his liver, and even some of the kidney areas that split off. They said, one of the men said, Pastor, Pastor, over here, over here, because they could barely see his face. Because he was pushed down into the mud. Obviously it was raining and even the water and stuff had went through. And was now traveling through. So he wasn't even breathing during this time. So they quickly got him out of the mud and <clears throat> began to work on him. It was hard to try to do CPR because there was absolutely nothing there with his chest. He said the church atmosphere changed. So the church people started praying. He said he went and he grabbed his wife. And as the son was being life flighted, they got into their car and they quickly hurried to the hospital. He said the hospital was over an hour away. He said they made it there in record time like any parent would. He said when he got there, they immediately moved them into a private room. Never a good thing. He said when they moved them to the private room, he said, sir... We understand you're the parent of this young man. That said, sir, we're just going to be very honest with you. <clears throat> we don't know if he's going to make it or not. They said, sir, your son is in terrible, terrible condition. He said, but sir, we're calling in a team of physicians right now. A team of surgeons. He's like, we're going to do something that we never ever heard in the medical field. And we don't even know that it's going to work. He said, we're going to take your son's ribs. And we're going to disconnect him from his body. And we're going to try to reconstruct him. As we're reconstructing him, we're going to have another team of surgeons that's going to work on his heart. Because it's been damaged because of the ribs that were going into it. Another team that's going to work on his liver. And team that's going to work on his kidneys. <coughs> all at the same time. He said there are literally going to be eight surgeries going on at the same time. And we're basically going to put your son back together. And hope for the best. He said, we 
understand that you're a pastor? He said, yes. And he said the surgeon haunted him with that. He said, well, we hope you can get a hold of God because we sure do need him. And he said they left the room. He said as they left the room, he said his heart broke. He said an echo through him, I hope that you can get a hold of God. He said, I believe that I can get a hold of God, but believing and knowing were two separate things. He said, now when the Bible talks about being instant in season and out brought a totally different meaning. He was like, of course I'll be prayed up when I'm going to the pulpit. I'll be prayed up <coughs> at certain times. He was like, but this time I didn't know that I knew. He said, so I did what anybody else would do. I began to call individuals. He said, I called this person and I called this person. He's like, now I'm calling pastors. And he's like, I asked them all the same question. <clears throat> Do you know that you can get a hold of God? He said, if they said, well, I believe so, he said, I hung up the phone. He's like, I didn't want you to believe. I wanted you to know. I needed to hear those words. This was my boy. He's like, this was the one that I dedicated to the church. This is the one that me and my wife said that we would raise for God. He's like, this is my flesh and blood. <clears throat> he said, I begin to more earnestly, boy, just call and call and call and call. He's like, finally, <clears throat> he's like, when nobody would come to my church, because it was a smaller church, He said there was one pastor who came. He said his pastor handed me his card. His pastor said, if you ever need me again, let me know. His pastor had an amazing church. God was blessing. He said it was late at night, but desperacy had already set in. He said he called this pastor. He called the church expecting just to leave a voice message. And all of a sudden, uh, Pastor's secretary picked up. And he said, <clears throat> hello? And she said, hello back. He thought it was just a voicemail. But it was actually a live person. He said, hey. And he explained to her what was going on. She said, well, it's funny that you did that. He said, because Pastor said, for some reason, I think we just need to stay a little bit longer tonight to get some few more things done. And she said, so he's in the next room. So he shared with the pastor and he said those famous words. Pastor, do you know that you can get a hold of God? The pastor said, yes, I do know. He said it was so refreshing to him that someone didn't believe, didn't think, but they knew they can get a hold of God. He said that pastor said, I know I can get a hold of him. He's like, and he said after a short conversation, that pastor said, hey, but you must realize sometimes God does things his way and not our way. But if we can get a hold of God, maybe we can get him to intercede on our behalf. He said, thank you. He said he went back to be with his wife. He said they were praying and praying and praying. Sixteen hours later, the surgeons come back. He said they're tired. They're weary. It's all over their body. They're sunk. They call him back into that side room again. When they call him there, they said, Pastor, we don't know who you serve. But we're here to tell you he's a big and mighty God. Amen. They said, Pastor, to be honest with you, we gave your son maybe 3 to 5% chance of surviving. But we're here to tell you today, he said, look at all the surgeons, we believe he's going to make 100% recovery. Amen. He said they rejoiced about what God did. He said then all of a sudden... He went to go call that one person back that knew that he could get a hold of God. He said he thought he would be just like what you and I would normally do or say, hey, I'll be praying. 
and then we kind of go with our business. He said when he called back 16 hours later, the secretary answered the phone again. He said, I'm so sorry. I know it's been late. He said, but I just wanted to call you. She said, oh, we've been expecting your phone call. He said, there's been several, several hours later. She's like, yes. He's like, pastor canceled all of his meetings. And he went to be with God in his prayer room. She said, he's been in there the whole time since you, your son, has been in surgery. And then the only time he's excused himself is to eat and use the restroom. Let me ask you this. Lord forbid, if pastor were to call you, if pastor were to call you and ask you, how is your prayer life with God, what would you say? You know, sin can keep us from God. Sin can hinder us. I'm not talking about you being an alcoholic or you being something that's filthy or vile that we know as Christians we shouldn't be. I'm just talking about something very simple. Maybe you had a wrong thought that could keep you away from God. We see when Jesus took all of our burdens and all of our sin debt upon him, that's when God himself turned his back. <clears throat> because he could not look, tolerate, even when it was applied to his son. But this morning, I want to talk to you about your prayer life. Not your wife's prayer life, not your husband's prayer life, not your kid's prayer life, but your prayer life. We've become pretty good at blaming the world for our problems. Oh, this world is filthy. Oh, this world. Oh, this world is, can I tell you? This world is this world. It's always been filthy. It's always been sinful. It's always been anti-God. But there's always been God's people who've been in it. The problem isn't the world. The problem is God's people. Before, I remember when I used to travel, pastors, used to take you and they would point you to different people in the church. And they said, brother, if you have a prayer request, if you have anything, I'm not telling you what you should do, but I'm telling you it would be a great thing if you share it with that person. If you share it with that person. If anybody can get a hold of God, these people have the ear of God. <clears throat> can pastor point to you and say that? I'm talking about before the temptation happened. The same way that God did. <clears throat> when we find Jesus. The same way that he did before he went to the cross. He prayed. And we see that even the disciples were asleep. Why? They didn't understand everything that was about to happen. <clears throat> but our God did. And we find Jesus awakening them. Maybe this morning. Some of our prayer lives. They may be awakened again. Maybe I should ask you this question. Do you still believe in prayer? If you still believe in prayer, then why don't you do it? If you still believe in prayer, why don't you do it more often? If you still believe in prayer, when's the last time you've been with God and you met with God? The problem is with a Christian, our biggest prayer answer is when God led us when someone led us to the Lord and we got saved that shouldn't be the greatest that should be the beginning yes, of right. our Christian life but oftentimes, us as Christians if we don't watch it that will be our biggest answer to prayer God wants to show us that great and mighty things that we know it's not but it's not, the problem has never been with God. The problem has always been with God's people. See, sometime we want sunshine instead of rain, but rain is just as important as sunshine. Amen. Sometimes we want weight loss without dining. Sometimes <clears throat> we want receiving without asking. 
but any parent worth their salt. Even though they know that they can meet their child's needs immediately, they want their children to come to them, to talk to them. You come and you talk to me. There were so many times in my life that my father would give me that look. Why don't you just come to me? I would have been able to help you if you would have just come to me. I wonder in our life, with our Heavenly Father who knows everything, would just say, if you would just come to me, I'd be able to help you. I would be able to help the downtrodden. I would be able to help those with needs. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you prayed for someone else other than yourself? Most of the time in the Bible when we do see prayers, the prayers are for others. You look at Christ when he was on the cross. Before he talked about himself, he cared for others. Boy, it was always about others. It was about others. Maybe said that you call yourself a Christian, which is a follower of Christ, to be Christ-like. Think about others. Oh, this matter of prayer can be a very important thing. It is said if God says something one time, it is important. But God mentions this matter of prayer 128 times in the Bible. I believe God understands the fervency of prayer. How's your prayer life? Oh, I remember when churches of yesteryear, boy, not only did they have a prayer list, but they used to have some prayer nights where the men of the church would get together and they would pray all night. Some of you are about to have a heart attack. <laughs> Do not give pastor <laughs> that memo. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If you had to pray, could you pray past five minutes? It's good. It's prayer. It's talking to God. If you can't, there is the problem in your life and in my life. Ten minutes? An hour? Maybe it's because in our prayer life we don't realize everything that happens or how we can go to God in prayer. We find the psalmist talking about the valley of the shadow of death, talking about life. But we also find him at the end, in in chapter 150, where he's singing praises, but it's in a matter of prayer. Lord God, I just want to thank you for for the mountaintops. Lord God, I also want to thank you for the valleys. Lord God, I want to thank you for the sanctuary. Lord God, I want to thank you for everything that you are. Hey, let me tell you this, individual, (coughs) you want to realize how big God is? Pull out a pen and a pad this afternoon and write down every way. I'm talking about every little thing that God has done for you, boy, just in the last week. Hey, let's start with, boy, clothes on your back. Boy, not only clothes on your back, but I believe everybody in here looked like they ate, boy, today. But I just don't want God just to use me in a little way. I want God to use me in a mighty way. Oftentimes I meet individuals and they say, Brother Jackson, I can't go door to door like I used to. By the way, it's amazing how some of us don't like going door to door, but we would go door to door for Halloween, won't we? And we're giving people the biggest treat that they could ever have in their entire life for the Amen. Lord. Amen. Oh, can I tell you? Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 29 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayers of the upright is his delight. God wants to hear from you. When's the last time you just went to God and didn't ask for anything? You just went to God to say thank you. 
Lord God, I just want to thank you for being who you are. Lord God, I want to thank you for my family. Lord God, I want to thank you for my church family. Lord God, I want to thank you for Miss Margaret, even though she sat in my seat. Lord God, I'm not trying to be bitter or anything. Lord God, I know Pastor says nobody has seats here, but Pastor, that's my seat. My seat and my parking space. And by the way, we need to talk about that because somebody parked in my parking space last week. <sighs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. <laughs> Some of us need to get our prayer lives back on the schedule. Amen. It's good. What a great thing it would be. We would sacrifice if the diet told us to fast all day to lose weight. Boy, we would sacrifice and we would do whatever the diet says. Well, God has given us the spiritual diet that we need to trim off some of the sinful fat that we have in this matter of prayer. It's hard for you to sin when you're in God's presence, isn't it? Boy, I love a thing that I heard where someone said, of a great man of God who is now gone. They said that he constantly would be talking to himself. This was before Bluetooth. This was before all these things where now if you hear somebody talking to yourself, you're like, I hope they're on the phone. <laughs> like there's, this was before those times. They said he would constantly be talking to himself. People like looking at him like, man, I just don't know. Finally, somebody went up to him and they're like, brother, you keep talking to yourself. Why do you keep talking to yourself? He's like, I'm not talking to myself. He said, I'm talking to God. He's like, the thing is, he said, every single time I see a need, I immediately go to my father. They said, in fact, some of the times when he would pray, he would never say amen because he constantly wanted to be in the presence of God. He said, that way I don't have to dial him up. I know he's on the phone. Some of us, I wonder how much more God would bless the church if he had church members that could get a hold of them on a daily basis. Not only get a hold of them, but get a hold of God on others' behalf. We all are creatures of habit. We all are creatures of habit. Every single one of you can close your eyes, probably you can be like, so-and-so sits there, so-and-so sits there, so-and-so sits there. Pastor's going to have a seat up there. I mean, everybody knows we're all creatures of habit. We can still use that in a matter of prayer. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. Even in a matter of prayer, he is with us. He has given us one called the great intercessor. Holy Spirit. When's the last time you prayed that you asked the Holy Spirit to go with you? Mm-hmm. To God's son? That's good. Get real. Yeah. When's the last time you prayed? You said, Heavenly Father, I don't know who all to pray for. Will you tell me who do I need to pray for today? Mmm, sister so and so. Brother so-and-so, brother so-and-so, do you know when I text people back or when I text people telling them that I'm praying for them, it's amazing how I get the results back. Like, brother, that was exactly what I needed at the appropriate time. And my response to them is, don't give me any of the credit because I just simply went to God and said, Lord God, what do they need? Lord God, what do we need? Lord God, I wonder what great and mighty things this church could do if God's people could get a hold of him. If that phone call was made, would it be you? We need some grandmas and grandpas that can get a hold of heaven again. Get a hold of heaven to where even if your kids aren't living the way they should, whenever they come to grandma and grandpa's house, boy, they know that God's power is all over them. And boy, they get convicted just by walking in there. I have some some cousins and stuff. They're not living for God. In fact, when I go home, they said, Jamie makes me feel uncomfortable. I said, Mom, I don't say anything to them about their sin, about their lifestyle. Maybe it's just God. Amen. And I said, I don't apologize for God. Amen. Amen. 
I was like, maybe, Mom, you should just tell them to get right with God. Yeah, she calls me the mean son. Sometimes. <laughs> maybe it's time for some of us to do what Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, rejoicing in hope, but also having patience and tribulations. Continuing instant in prayer. Maybe it's time for some of us, even when we don't get the results that we think that we ought to get, we still go to God in prayer. Amen. What have you quit praying about? Because <clears throat> you didn't think that God answered it in your timing. Right. Maybe our prayers would be better if we said, Lord God, not my will. But thy will be done. Oh, can I tell you, one of the greatest things that <clears throat> happened to me when I was younger is my, both of my grandfathers, I never knew them. They had passed away before I came here on this earth. But my grandmothers were alive. <clears throat> and both of them, when they passed away, they were going through their things, and both of them had wooden floors. And when they went to the wooden floors, they both left something for the family there. They didn't know that they were leaving it there for them, but both of them did something that maybe our grandparents or maybe parents should start doing now. Boy, they left two grooves in the floor. Those two grooves, everybody knew when they saw them exactly what they meant. Those two grooves were the groove marks of both of their knees when they hit the ground and they were praying. I remember stories of my uncle saying, we're going to go out. We're going to party. We're going to live it up. But then all of a sudden, we walk by mama's room and we can hear mom praying and begging God to keep us safe, to keep us from harm. He's like, how in the world can you party and live it up the way the world wants you to live when mama's at home getting a hold of God on your behalf? Amen. He's like, you can't. He's like, when you go to pick up something, you're like, oh, shouldn't be doing this. Oh, shouldn't be doing that. What a great thing it would be if we had grandparents, if we had parents, if we had even kids that could get a hold of a mighty God who's in control of everything. Oh, he's the biggest phenomenon this world has ever seen. He wants to use us. He wants to guide us. He wants to help us. He just wants us to talk to him in this matter of prayer. Amen. We all can do it. I don't care how big you are, how tall, how small, how plump. It doesn't matter how you are. God can use you. Prayer is simply asking and receiving. Maybe it's time that his saints learn to ask again of him. Oh, can I tell you this? Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 16 says, let us... Therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Hey, can I tell you, we don't have to get inside a phone booth. I know some of you little kids don't know what that is. That's an uncomfortable closet. Boy, when you get inside a little phone booth there, none of you have to, your phone booth wasn't that small. Okay, well, we'll find some of you, when you get inside a phone booth, instead of picking up the phone, you need to pick up the Heavenly Father. Amen. Boy, before they used to say, hey, where's your prayer closet? We find here in verse 40, it says, And when he was at the place, that's his prayer closet. And when he was at the place where he normally meets with God, where's your prayer closet? If we're all creatures of habit, if you don't have the habit of going to a place or going someplace or going any place and praying, maybe that's where you should start. Some of you, we make the excuse, well, I just don't have time. We have time to do whatever we want to do. Yes. We have time to hunt. We have time to go shopping. We have time to beat the kids. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, discipline the kids. My parents hit for distance. They didn't. They, they <laughs> My dad was a home run hitter. You know what I mean? 
When's the last time you asked God for his power? Lord God, I know who I am. I know my shortcomings. Heavenly Father, I can't do this thing and be successful. Lord God, I need you. Let me ask you this. If preacher were to come up here and he didn't have God's power on him, you would think less. Man. That's God's man. But you are God's people. Amen. And that same power that he should have is that same power that you should have. Let me ask you this. Did you ask God to give you something before the message was preached? In everything, give thanks. In everything, go to God in a matter of prayer. I challenge you the next time pastor gets up, like, Lord God, I'm tired. Lord God, I'm a little weary. Lord God, to be frank, I don't want to be here today. But Lord God, it's my duty as a Christian to be here. Will you give me something that I can take, that I can use? Can I be honest with you? Sometimes... We don't want to be at church. Oh, I know we can be spiritual and be like, well, every time I'm in the house of God, I enjoy it weekly. <laughs> Sometimes we come here hobbled. We look like the walking dead. We're just coming in. But we sure are glad when we leave. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you prayed like Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. When's the last time God answered your prayers? I'm all about giving prayer requests to everybody, but every now and then I keep something just for myself to know that my God hears me. Yes, sir. Oh, wouldn't it be a great thing that the people of this church, not the church down the street, knows how to get a hold of God. Even when things aren't hard, when things aren't crazy, when there isn't a problem, they're still calling, leaning, and depending on their Heavenly Father. I don't want this to be an average church. I want this to be a church where God is all over it. I know you have a man of God who prays, who prays for you, who fights for you. Let me ask you this. Do you do the same thing back? God, the devil, excuse me, wants nothing more than destroy pastor, destroy your assistant pastor, destroy their lives, Because they're the head. And it would kind of crumble. Just like a Tetris piece. Or for some of you game player. There will be angry birds. Where you hit the top. And they all fiddle down. Maybe it would be a great thing. For us to realize real quick. The prayer is agony. Sometimes it isn't all fun and games. Sometimes it's work. But it's worth it. We had a man of God in our church. Boy, he was brutal. Boy, he was bold. I mean, he would tell you the way it is. Whether I mean, ladies, you know how you're like, how do I look? He is that person <laughs> that you don't want to ask if you're not sure. He worked at a jail. That was just his mindset. He was brutal. We would be in college, <clears throat> and they would have prayer requests. Boy, they would call upon him, and he said, I need you to pray for my brother, because if he dies, he's going to split hell wide open. We're like, okay. All right. Boy, and sometimes he was more brutal than that with his request. He said his fear was to get a phone call. And when he got the phone call, it would be his brother's area code, and he would get it, and someone would be crying. And he just heard that his brother just split hell wide open. He said, because he had witnessed to him, witnessed to him, witnessed to him. He was praying. He wasn't praying for the Lamborghini like I could have been. 
He's like, I was praying for someone's salvation. Why wouldn't God answer the call for someone's salvation? <clears throat> he said he was in his bed. It was way too early to be getting up in the morning. The phone began to vibrate. He picked it up. All of a sudden, it was the area code that he had feared about. He said he slipped out of the bed, tried to keep his wife there asleep. He closed the door, went to the other room, answered the phone, did what any of us try to do, act like you're not sleeping. (coughs) Hello? (laughs) Heard someone crying. He doesn't have any patience either. He said after 30 seconds, he said, will you just shut up and tell me what's going on? I know some of your parents would shut up. I'm sorry. Would you just shut up and tell me what you're saying? <laughs> so all of a sudden, he got silent. And he heard a voice he wasn't expecting. He said, Bud, he's like, I'm so sorry to be calling you at this time. He's like, but Bud, I know you've been praying for me all these years. He's like, Bud, I just know if anybody I could share this with, it would be you. I just want you to know that I just accepted my Lord, your Lord, as my Savior. He said, he was like, "Ah! Ah!" He said, to the point where his wife thought something was wrong, and she came running in with the family gun. What are you doing? He's like, put that thing away. He said, then he shared with her what God had just done. He said, I understand why we pray and we rejoice when God answers our prayers. But he said, now this is 22 years later that I've been praying. He said, but now I also get it where the Bible talks about there being dancing. He said, because literally for the next hour... Tears flowing down our face. See that we had an old-fashioned meeting with God, and me and my wife were just sitting there rejoicing and dancing. Why? Because we never gave up. Mm-hmm. And God came through, not when we wanted Him to, but in His timing, and everything was fine. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's time for God's people to get a hold of God again. And one more minute that I have. Here's how to pray. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Open your mouth. God is everywhere. If you are saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you. You don't have to say it out loud. He's already there. He's already listening. You just simply have to go to him. Where I said about the phone booth, you don't have to go to the phone booth. You don't have to wait for somebody to look like they're at the drive-thru. Boy, to roll the window down and to speak to you. That line of connection is always there. Maybe some of us, we just have to simply surrender. Lord God, I can't do it. But I know you can. Maybe that's why in the matter of prayer, Grandma and Grandpa used to always hit their knees. Because they knew it wasn't them. They knew it was him. Amen. Maybe it's time for some of us to realize it ain't all about you. It ain't all about me. It's all about him. That's good. That's good. And we believe, turn with me to Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14. So I can say kind of right with the one minute that is now already two minutes. Um <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, if my people, who? God's people. Who? Us. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sins. And will heal their land. We say America is a mess. 
America's not a mess because of the world. The world's always been the world. America's a mess because God's people doesn't know God like they used to. Like we can. Like we should. And lastly, Psalms chapter 33. I'm sorry, 55, can't read my home handwriting. In verse 17, it says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Maybe I should start getting a hold of them, not tomorrow, but now. Some of you, we said before, the best thing that could ever happen to you is you pray and accept the Lord God as your Savior. It is not the prayer that gets you to heaven. It's the meaning. It's you meaning it. It's like I can say all day long, and now I can say this. I love you, honey. But if I don't show it with action, good luck. (laughs) With God, we don't even have to show action. We just simply have to mean it. We have to trust him. Today, maybe some of us, we have our trust in money. We have our trust in ourselves. But we never put our trust in him the way that we should. Jesus died for you, and he died for me. I told people, if I'm 99% sure that I'm on my way to heaven, that 1% would scare me to death. Because as much as we like to talk about heaven, the Bible talks about a place called hell. In fact, the Bible even talks about hell more than it talks about heaven. I wish I could tell you that I got saved because I heard of heaven and all the angels and everything else that were there. But I got saved because I didn't want to go to that awful place called hell. Hell is real. And hell is also not meant for you and not meant for me. Let us know for sure that we're on our way to heaven. Tonight, this morning... Are you 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven? Here in a second, we're going to bow bow our heads and close our eyes. Can I tell you, this is one place that is going to rejoice over you coming down the aisle. Maybe you say, Brother Jackson, I already got that sealed. I already got that solved. When's the last time you went to God and you know that he heard you? And it's you heard from him. It's a marvelous thing called the Christian life. God still answers prayer. I just want to know if he answers your prayer. God always makes things personal. Oh, he can answer the church's prayers. He can answer his pastor's prayers. He can answer everybody else's prayer. But does he answer your prayers? Let it be said, yes, from here on out. Lord God, we sure do love you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we sure do need you. Lord God, we know the time is at hand where we either accept your message or reject it. Heavenly Father, may you have your will and way. Holy Spirit, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, may they know by the time they walk through those doors, you as that. Maybe we have Christians here that say, Brother Jackson, I used to have a prayer life. I used to pray. I used to be exactly what you were talking about. Brother Jackson, I need to revive that again. And I just ask you to pray for me now. Is there anybody slip your hand up and say, Brother Jackson, boy, I need you to pray for me because I, my prayer life isn't what it should be. There's one. 
there's two. Oh, my, there's several. There's several. Let me, let me tell you this. It doesn't matter if you raise your hand or not. It's all about the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you answering. Maybe there's someone here to say, Brother Jackson, I don't know for sure. I've been thinking about it. I've been wondering. Well, Brother Jackson, I want to know. Will you come to the right place? And my brother, can you help us?